To another episode of the Slasher Sanitarium. So I was tooling around Netflix, trying to figure out what series I could cover, uh, or at least the first episode of a series, and I came across something called Slasher. And I thought, well, that's kind of perfect. Let's go ahead and try that out. Now, Slasher is a Canadian horror series. Netflix has brought the, bought the rights for it. Tomorrow, actually is a brand new season of it starting up, the third season. Now, you don't have to have watched the first two seasons, so go ahead and jump right in there. But I'm going to go ahead and jump right in from the first season, called The Executioner. And um, we'll kind of see how it goes from here. We'll, we'll see how it does. The first episode was, was interesting, uh, so let's dive right into it. We start the episode on Halloween night, 1988. A dude dresses up as a cowboy and practices his gunplay and his pregnant wife Rachel heads downstairs to tell him that she won't be joining him at the costume party because she slept for shit. She also says her boobs won't be this big again next Halloween, which, of course, prompts her husband to want to stay home. Lady, don't offer up the milk bags unless you plan on delivering, alright? But she tells him to go to the party. The doorbell rings. Brian answers it, and it's a dude in an executioner outfit. And Brian thinks that this is his friend Alan, who is going to be joining him at the party. So he lets the executioner in, who then proceeds to just kind of follow Brian around, not saying anything. And the doorbell rings again. Brian asks Alan, or who he thinks is Alan, to hand out some candy, and the guy doesn't want to do it. So Brian opens the door to find Alan. Well, this is awkward. Brian asks Alan what is going on and eats a machete to the stomach. Uh, Alan does very little, as Brian gets slowly cut down the middle. It starts up about, like, nipple level and goes all the way down to about his hip. And it's not great. Like, it... That looks like it fucking hurts. Uh, the executioner then cuts Alan's face, but then lets him leave. Rachel walks in to see Brian dying on the floor. She runs but slips in her blood and lands sunny side down right on our main protagonist. She then screams for help before the door is closed. And we cut to see that the executioner has nicely cut Rachel's baby out of her and he's sitting in a chair holding the baby as police arrive. I mean, at least he was nice enough to provide her with, you know, getting the baby out of her. May not have let her survive, but hey, you know, sometimes shit happens. We cut to present day, and two people are driving on the road listening to a preacher on the radio. Uh, they now grown emergency machete section baby Sarah is moving into her parents' house. You know, the one where they just died in. Uh, her husband, Dylan, reminds the audience that they died in the house and informs us that the house is free. Now, no house is free. You still gotta pay taxes. You just don't have a mortgage. So, do kind of question who's been paying taxes for the past 30 years on this house. Whatever. Sarah tells Dylan that what happened before doesn't matter. What happens, or what matters, is what they do there. 
and then they get bitched up out by some nagging bitch who doesn't enjoy the two of them making out in the street. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact they're an interracial couple. Not at all. They enter the house, and Sarah stares down at where she was yanked into existence. We cut to some chick, Mrs. Peterson. Oh, no, I don't think it's Mrs. Peterson. Maybe they called her something else, because that's Sarah's last name. So, I'm going to say it's somebody else. Right? No, never mind. Sarah's, Sarah, Sarah Bennett, sorry. So does Mrs. Peterson. She's standing around talking to herself, and Officer Henry offers her a blanket, but Mrs. Peterson is looking for her daughter. Officer Henry seems to know Sarah, who walks up to him. You know, during an active police situation. She asks Officer Cam Henry to see Tom Winston, the guy who delivered her. The dude calls out to Sarah, and we meet Robin and Justin, the landlords. Now, you may be wondering why a free house would have gay landlords. It doesn't. These are the landlords to Sarah's gallery that she is opening. They bond over Verna, the bitchy neighbor from before. And I'm, again, curious as to why, like, everyone seems just fine with what's going on so far. I mean, who, who lets... Uh, I don't know. We'll get to it. Uh, Sarah rolls up to Verna, and she offers Verna a ride, but apparently she didn't realize that Verna is a great-A cunt. She says Rachel was a slut, and God struck her down, and then calls Sarah a slut. So, you know, no, normal, normal neighborly things that you do. Dylan meets his new job, and he's hired as editor-in-chief of a local newspaper. Uh, but Dylan is upset because Sarah's on the cover of the newspaper, and he's correctly informed by his new boss... That a woman cut from her mother's womb after both parents are slaughtered in a small town and then moves back to not only the same town but the same house is front page news. Why did you think moving to a town that all of this happened and then being on the newspaper staff that you wouldn't meet this exact event happening? Sarah and Dylan watch interrogation tapes and Tom, the murderer, says that they deserved it because Brian was a Judas and Rachel was a whore. Now that's two people calling your mom a whore in the same day. After a while, you start to wonder if maybe your mother was a whore. Sarah takes a walk down the street as some kids are lighting up fireworks, and somebody starts to follow her. I'm sure it's nothing. It's just a dude in an executioner contest. I'm sure that's just normal attire for the welcome wagon. At least it's 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 a black outfit and a black hood, not you know the other color that it could be. She gets chased by the dude for a little bit before somehow running into Dylan. I don't know how she managed that, but she did. Dylan confronts the fireworks kids, and apparently Dylan has some anger issues. And Sarah seems to have seen this before as she kind of rolls her eyes. The kids fuck off, but one of them just ditches the others to go mailbox baseball playing. He's stopped by the executioner, who he calls the King of Gimps, which I enjoyed. The executioner grabs the baseball bat and demolishes this kid with it. Uh, you know, kid kind of deserved it. Whatever. I'm not advocating for child murder. I'm just saying he was being a dick by knocking over mailboxes. We cut to the Franklin Penitentiary, and Tom sits down across from Sarah. Sarah gives Tom a boner by telling him how her life has been without his parents. Tom tells her to immerse herself in the past, find what is buried in the house. Sarah goes home and goes directly to the basement. Question. Who furnished this house? Like, these two just moved in. We saw them drive up. They had a suitcase on the top of their, their car. 
everything in this house like has sheets over and stuff like that. So presumably that means that everything in the house is from 30 years ago when the parents were there. But that would sort of smell terrible and more things would be covered in dust, right? But everything looks fine. So just 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 a thought. Sarah gives up looking for the past, I guess, after about 30 seconds, but somehow figures out that there's something behind the stained glass window. Not exactly buried, if it's just behind a window. She finds a giant video recorder and a box of tapes. I'm sure that these are just going to be lovely family... It's sex tapes. It's it's a bunch of sex tapes. It's, it's Rachel getting drilled by some random guy. Uh, Rachel does ask if Brian likes it. So, there's that. Uh, there also was some lovely editing done to this tape. It was a nice clean wipe effect that was added between like the, the, the full-on complete face-forward shot of her mother and, and the side shot. Um, tastefully also edited out nudity, so that was nice. Uh, so Brian was apparently a cock, and I guess what? Your mother was a whore. <laughs> Bet you might be questioning if your father may not be dead. We're going to pause there for, hopefully, a quick word from our sponsor. And we're back. So Dylan arrives home to find Verna on his lawn. She says that Sarah left an hour ago and was rather upset. Verna says Dylan should keep a tight leash on his wife. She then breaks into their house. Sarah arrives at the party of their landlords, and she's looking for Cam. We cut over and Verna's checking out the fridge and eats a piece of pizza. She then s- spits it out in the sink. What is wrong with this bitch? You can't just walk around leaving evidence that you broke in. Verna heads into the living room and sees the porno paused. That's a interesting spot to pause it when he's balls deep. Cam tells Sarah that the dude drilling her mom is Verna's husband, but he's been missing for years. We cut back and Verna is not very pleased watching her husband beef-inject her neighbor. She takes the tape out. Sarah walks home and Dylan finds her. He just has like a radar on her, apparently. She tells him what she found and Dylan says don't ask to see... Dylan somehow doesn't ask to see her mother's porking tapes. That would be like my first question. Be like, can I... can I watch them? No, yeah, you're right. Maybe, Maybe I should wait. I love while you're sleeping. I'll, I'll watch them while you're sleeping. Also, how did they have a VCR? Or, like, a TV that had the, the correct plugins for this fucking 30-year-old tape recorder that they've got? It kind of feels like at this point that they're trying to make Dylan a suspect. Because, obviously, he had an issue earlier with the kid, and then the kid winds up dead. Uh, he has an issue with Verna. And then, maybe... Something might happen to her in a little bit here. Um, but kind of definitely feels like he's kind of always right there. So, uh, Verna's tricking at home when someone rings the bell. Uh, we see Dylan drop Sarah off and he drives away for some reason. Even though I thought he just arrived home. Not sure why he was dropping her off. But, over by Verna's house, she hides her sex tape and opens the door and nobody's there. She then proceeds to change into her night clothes and starts brushing her teeth, and then walks straight past the executioner, who I guess we should assume is Dylan, since who knows where the fuck he drove off to. 
She turns around and gets tackled by him, and he chucks her onto the bed and zip ties her. I wonder if Rachel had used zip ties in one of her fuck tapes. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe that's episode three. The executioner then saws off Verna's fucking hand. Sarah hears Verna screaming because, of course she does, it's fucking loud as hell. She walks outside and doesn't close her front door, because they're in Canada, and sees someone walking past Verna's window. Uh, she rings the doorbell, and who is clearly the executioner, unlocks the front door and allows Sarah to walk inside. Sarah then finds Verna with both feet and hands cut off. And apparently she's dead. Uh, she turns around and falls straight down the stairs. And then she passes out, and the executioner leaves one of her mother's fuck tapes on her stomach. Sarah wakes up to see Dylan and a police officer standing over her. Police Chief Vaughn asks what the executioner looks like. What do you fucking think he looks like? Uh, no mention of if they took that tape and watched what was on it, because that would be my first thing. I suppose they would have to go to a junkyard and find a fucking VHS player, but whatever. Outside, some random drunk chick, Marjorie, walks up to Cam and asks if the executioner killed Verna. Marjorie says word gets around, and so does she. Hint, hint, Cam. Slip your dick in that meth trap. Cam runs up to the church to see his father, who is Alan. Cam says he will catch the executioner. Dylan's boss is letting everyone know they need to find out everything about Verna. And Dylan is pissy that his wife might be the news story. Are you fucking kidding, bro? We just had this conversation. And now you're again pissed off that a copycat killer is taking people out and that your wife is now going to be a news story? Of course she's going to be a fucking news story moron face. Alan gives a sermon regarding Verna, Brian, and Rachel, saying that we stray from God. Justin is seen with three other people, one of which might be a woman, I couldn't tell. Look like rather soft titties, but, you know, guys can have soft titties too. Who knows? Uh, the sheriff is shown getting a blowy from Margaret, so, you know, there you go. Dylan grabs some Numenol and sees that nobody bothered to clean up his house that well. And we cut over to see Tom being visited by Sarah again. Sarah accuses Tom of being a mastermind behind this, and he says he is going to play head of a lector to her Clarice. He asks why Verna does deserve to die. He then asks why someone would cut another person's hands and feet off. She casually brings up that Saudi Arabia cuts off hands of people as punishment for stealing. And while she does say that Verna stole the sex tapes, which Tom seems to know existed, uh, he says the punishment for anger and wrath is to be dismembered. So why was Verna angry? Well, probably because her husband slapped his nuts onto Rachel's pussy, but whatever. We end the episode with the executioner doing a lovely painting of what I think was Verna, but it seemed like there was maybe a hole in her stomach, so maybe it was the mother instead. I don't know. He was It, it, it would look like a drawing my daughter would do. So, you know. But, you know, so, eight-episode series, uh, a lot happened right off the bat and right at the beginning of that, so um, I, I enjoyed it, you know? The acting at some points was maybe not the greatest, but hey, you know, it, it's the first episode, you gotta get a lot of information out. I understand that. Uh, I'm, I'm always happy for these um, sort of completely enclosed seasons. Uh, you know, The Haunting Hill House is... is an, an anthology series where it's one season is one story and you're going to get a beginning middle and end you're not going to get the possibility of maybe the show will get canceled and we won't know what's going to happen or maybe the show will get so popular that it gets renewed for eight years 
and we have to fucking draw everything out and the shit doesn't fucking make sense in season seven as it did in season one so i enjoy it when we have these sort of things like this where we know this is what they planned out they're not going to have to try to rewrite things or to extend out things in order to reach an episode count this is eight episodes bing bang boom done at the eighth eighth episode a brand new story next year so uh, i will go ahead and maybe keep watching this um they're nice you know digestible hour-long episodes and i'm i'm curious to see you know who the killer is obviously we've got sort of our first our first like prime suspect we've got a bunch of other people too i mean um just going down the list of things obviously it's not verna because she's fucking dead you've got dylan who has anger issues and has been pretty close around to all the murders and has been uh unaccounted for during them if i could say that um you've got cam the police officer who seems to have something with sarah they haven't really explained why he knows her um you've got alan the survivor you know got his face cut he's a preacher he's clearly you know we tom talks about it being a biblical thing so you've got that connection there as well uh you got the police chief getting a blowy who seemed to kind of brush off that hey maybe the executioner's back uh so there's a lot of them and then of course you've got sarah who could just be fucking having all the shit in her head and be murdering people because she was born in blood who knows well people do if you've seen the entire series but um let's go ahead and and see where this thriller takes us um so you know thank you again for listening and uh we'll be back Shock your soul, seal 